Blog Talk Radio. After the death of Solomon, God divided the kingdom of Israel into two houses. There were ten tribes in the northern kingdom known as the Lost Tribes of Israel. They were cast out into the world because of their great sin against God. However, God promised in the last days He would gather these lost tribes back to Israel before the return of our Lord. Unknowingly, some of the churches made up of these lost tribes known as the house of Ephraim. God is now calling them to prepare to come back home to the land He gave our fathers. The call to prepare has been sounded. and Shalom. This is your host, Mark Rimble, back again. And uh, this is the House of Ephraim show. Do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deckard. But first, a word from our announcers. And now, from Cradle of Hope are some important announcements for you. This month, from Cradle of Hope is a must-have gift offer, the transition of the church. God has transitioned the church since the days of the book of Acts. Don't miss out on this last and greatest move of God. Jesus Christ is returning for a church full of power and glory. This transition will bring the church forward. Send a gift of $25 or more. Call today and get free shipping if you ask for the Transition of Church gift offer. Call 618-262-2810 or go online at jewishprofit.com. Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer. Hey, welcome back in this show. It's Mark Reinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in, in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time that you've been on, please check that website out. You're going to find out who we are, and you're going to get a hold of a lot of material that you've never seen before. And you want to check that material out because you're going to start to learn the Word of God. And I'm telling you what, what a great opportunity that is. We also have a quarterly coming up here, and you can get more information about that by clicking on the itinerary button on the front page there in the upper left-hand corner and find out what the quarterly and where it's going to be. It's going to be over in Fairfield, Illinois, out what we call lovingly the Corn Patch. And you can be a part of that and begin to learn the material straight from the throne room of God and I'm telling you what, that is a great opportunity, folks. So grab a hold of this and begin to prepare and to plan and get yourself down here and find out for yourself what's going on, and you can become part of this last day move of God, the House of Ephraim. And again, you can get all that information out at the website, www.jewishprophet.com. We also have fellowships available online. So, you know, if you're out there and you don't have a local fellowship or, or you want to begin to learn about the material and begin to plug in with the material. Not only do we have this blog every day, but we also have fellowships available online. That's via Ustream.tv, and we have one on Friday night. I teach one myself Friday night. You can become part of that. There's also a Wednesday midweek service, and we teach only the prophet's material so that you're assured of learning the right material at the right time. What an opportunity, again, that all is. So, again, if you don't already have a fellowship in your area or you just are interested in learning more about what's going on, please consider joining up with that. 
and you can get more information just by emailing us at cradle at jewishprofit.com. That's cradle at jewishprofit.com. And just say, hey, I'd like to sign up for that Shabbat service that Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also. And you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Deggert. Now, I want you to go to Ezekiel 36. And we're going to start there uh, this morning. And Ezekiel uh, 36, uh, 16. Now, as we've been studying all weekend, that all that is taking place now right here on this earth, as this movement of the house of Ephraim, the house of Joseph, the house of Israel, and the house of Judah, is all detailed in the Scripture by the prophets. And we are wanting you to, as we have done, to realize that this isn't uh, an imagination of a man. It isn't a guy saying, I had a vision, I had a dream about this. It's written in the volume of the book. It's been there all this time. It hasn't changed. It's not going to change, okay? And whether, you know, as I said, whether it hair lips the Pope... Uh, that's fine. You'll just have to hair lip the Pope. Why? Because God is going to bring it forth. We talked about the fact that that, that at the time of his visitation, which is rare and few, kind of like, you know, hen's teeth. doesn't happen that often. But God's time of visitation is now. It's no different than it was when the time of visitation was when the Messiah himself came to this earth that it was prophesied that it was going to happen right up to where he was born, even how he was going to die, okay? So this movement of God, which as I have said for a number of years, this is the last, this is the last movement of God that there will be on the face of this earth prior to that of, of the Messiah coming back to, to this earth. The preparation is important, but there's a great battle spiritually to try, to try, bless God, to get people not attached to this. Why? Because this is what God's doing. Now, should they have looked in the Scripture and said, hey, this is the Messiah? Like I said, no, they were blinded. But at the same time, they could have, if they, if they desired to look in, God would open that up to them. But they didn't desire. Why? Because of religion. He didn't come as a king. He didn't look like he ought to have looked. So they rejected him, didn't they? Shame on them. But it, it was God. God put the stumbling block there. They fell all the way over. They'll recover. Been a lot of centuries. So the visitation, the time that God is visiting the cities. And I don't, I'm not sure how many new cities we're going to get into this year. I don't, I, I haven't counted them. But we just keep going to the city. What's it about? It's the time of the visitation. If they catch if they catch the spirit, if they listen, if they walk enough away from religion to grab onto, they'll get into this thing. If they don't, what 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 the heck? You know? So it's a, it, it comes down to the same thing it always comes down to. It comes down 
personally, individually, and not within groups, all right? Okay, so if you found, I give you plenty of time. Ezekiel 36, 16. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, when the house of Israel dwelt in their own land, they defiled it by their own way and by their doings. Their way was before me as uncleanliness of a removed woman. Wherefore, I poured my fury upon them for the blood that they had shed upon the land. Now, what do you what do you think? What do you think about the blood that's been shed upon this land? Hmm? We're going to pay for that. That's the, this nation is about to pay for that. That's just all part of this thing of the, the this thing of God judging this nation. Wherefore I poured my fury out upon them for the blood that they had shed on the land and for the idols wherewith they had polluted, and I scattered them among the heathen, and they were dispersed through the countries. According to their way, according to their doings, I judged them. And when they entered into the heathen, whither they went, they profaned my holy name. When they said to them, These are the people of the Lord, and are gone forth out of his land. But I had pity for my holy name, which the house of Israel had profaned among the heathen, whither they went. Therefore say unto the house of Israel, Thus saith the Lord God, I do not this for your sake, O house of Israel, for my holy name's sake, which ye have profaned among the heathen, whether you went. I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them, and the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God, when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. That's us. Now, let me tell you something. 25, I will sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean. From all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you, and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Now, I want to stop here because it, what's important is that God is going to pick us up, dust us off, clean us up, forgive us our iniquities, and going to place us back in our land of which we should never have left. All right? But as I said last night, this is the merciful God that we, that we serve. Does he not prophesy through his prophets, and does he not watch over it to bring it to pass? Absolutely. Now, down in 27, And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and, 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 and shall keep my judgments and do them. Now, and ye shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and ye shall be my people, and I will be your God. So what he's saying is, I'm going to cause this to happen. I'm going to cause this to happen. Do you realize the only thing that can keep that from happening in your life is you? You and your spirit of, uh, of bless God, of religion or being led by familiar spirits, of which you have studied the series that I've done on familiar spirits. They will steal from you. See, what I love about people that think they're hearing from God, their lives are a mess. 
But God tells them all this stuff. Let me tell you something, darling. If God was telling you all this stuff, you'd get your life straightened up. God doesn't mess around and give visions and dreams to people's lives that are messes. It just doesn't work that way. But <laughs> it's kind of like the demon thing, okay? Inevitably, it shows up. Inevitably, people can't, just cannot, bless God, resist. But you know what most of that is? Most of that is pride. I want you to know that God's hearing from me. So you look upon me, not like you look upon them. I mean, set me on over here somewhere because let me tell you what God is telling me. And you know, and you've seen, we've run some people out of here over that. We've threatened other people. We're not going to put up with that. Why? If that was the truth, they would be up here and I would be out there. God doesn't do anything in secret. But you see what it is? Lack of knowledge, lack of teaching, and right believing. So what people do, they become selfish within themselves, and, and because they become selfish within themselves, they begin to do their own thing out from under the Lord God. And as I said, familiar spirits are not spirits that you can identify. And we went through all that when I did that series. I'm not going to go back through it. If you think that a familiar spirit can't come to you, as an angel of light, and speak to you, you just flat don't know what's going on. Well, I bound it up in the name of Jesus. Yeah, you did, didn't you? No, you didn't. Just because you bind something doesn't mean it's bound. That's the anointing. Okay? That's the difference in the anointing. If the anointing is there, you can bind spirits. If the anointing's not there, that demon will probably smack you in the nose. Okay? Now, in... Now, where was I at? I was just floating around here somewhere. In... Uh, how did I do that? He shall, and you, Okay. Now, in 34 and 35, And the desolate land shall be tilled, whereas lay desolate in the sight of all that pass by. And they shall say, This land that was desolate is become like the Garden of Eden, and the waste and the desolate... And ruined cities have become fenced and are inhabited. That is writing and being prophesied by the prophet Ezekiel to Ephraim today. We will build the ruined cities. The land has laid waste. The land is had of Sabbath. Okay? The desert will bloom. Why? Because that's what God said. It doesn't have a, have a thing in this world uh, about, oh, look at us. No, no. Look at our God. Listen to what he said in the volume of the book, because it, it won't lie. It's never lied, and it will never lie. Now, in Isaiah 51, let's, uh, let's look there, uh, because it's, it's going to say uh, uh, something here about the, the Garden of Eden, or pertaining to it. Isaiah 51, 1 and 3. 51, 1 and 3. Hearken to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock whence ye are hewn, and to the hole of the pit whence ye are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and to, to Sarah uh, that, that bore you. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. 
He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving and the voice of melody. So what's these, gar- what's these waste places? What's the, 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 this, the, these desert places that's not inhabited today? And the millions of Ephraim that's about to go forth in God's time to inhabit once again our land, we're being told that it will be like the Garden of Eden itself. Are you saying, prophet, that, that that's, that's, that's what God is preparing for us? That's what's there. And some of us just can't seem to make up our mind whether or not we want to leave our whatever that is to enter into the greatest movement of God other than moving the children out of Egypt. Okay? Bless God, of which, of course, I'll keep telling you that the, the Scripture says that when, it, when Ephraim goes home, the exodus will be so great that never again will they talk about coming out of Egypt. And for a Jew, that's just about all there is to talk about. Because anything they do is remember when we came out of Egypt over and over again. So evidently, God in his infamous wisdom has got this thing all put together, and he understands exactly, exactly what he wants to do and how he's going to do it. Go to Jeremiah uh, uh, 33. Jeremiah 33. Jeremiah 33, 6 through 8. Jeremiah 33, verse 6. Behold, I will bring it health and cure, and I will cure them, and I will will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. Well, we're going to get a bunch of revelation knowledge, aren't we? And I will cause the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel to return, and will build them as at first. So the captive of Judah, the captive the, the captivity of, of the house of Ephraim is going to do what? It's, 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 going to, it's going to be built. It's going to, be, it's going to return. Now listen, I will build them at, as at the first. Israel was a glorious, glorious land at first. Why was it glorious at first? They were keeping the holy covenant of God. They were serving God with all that was in their hearts. They were seeking after him. The prophets were being true prophets. The ministers, bless God, were being true ministers of God and leading the people in the way that they should go. And like I said, in comparison to the church, who knows which way to go? You know, I mean, the church, for the most part, is still telling everybody that they're going to be raptured off this earth and not to worry about all this stuff. That, oh, he, you know, uh, this Decker guy, he's just a worrywart. Well, i got news for you. The God that I serve is telling this prophet to prepare the people. Get the people prepared that they might know. And, and it says, Nathan, verse, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity, whereby they have sinned against me, and I will pardon all their iniquities whereby they have sinned and whereby they have transgressed against me. Brothers and sisters... God said, I'm going to forgive you for all that stuff. How often do you get a chance to start out in a clean sheet? A whole nation is going to start out on a clean sheet. You know what the key is going to be? Whether or not, bless God, we can keep that sheet clean. Whether we can keep it unsoiled. That, that, that's the key to this thing. 
It doesn't have anything to do with what you think or I think. It's got everything to do with what God said. And this is what God said he was going to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, in Jeremiah 25.5, I want to I throw, throw a scripture here in. Because this, again, Jeremiah is trying, trying to tell us something. 25.5, they said, turn ye again now, everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your doings and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given you and your fathers forever and ever. Two things. One, the land was given to us forever. We, we botched it up. The prophets kept coming and saying, look, boys and girls, get this thing straightened up or else. And what did the boys and do, girls do? They waxed worse and worse until there was no remedy and God drove them from the land that he gave to them forever and ever. Now, as we have studied, as we, as we prepare and go back into the land, that, 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 that land is still there. God is now going to cause the places that no one can inhabit. See, that this is what is so absolutely powerful about this living God that we serve. Those old waste places, ruined foundations of cities, are going to be rebuilt in that desert where nobody lives, nobody wants to live, and nothing will grow. If that isn't going to be a sign to this world, there couldn't be a sign. All of a sudden, we're going to go out and go out there, you know, and, and the desert's going to bloom, and all this stuff's going to happen, and, and, and we're going to stand around and go, what a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God that we serve. Let's go to Zechariah 10. And you know, sometimes, and uh, of course, as I said, uh, there, there's going to be there's going to be a little bit uh, of a problem here when we get, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, Judah, because they were. God said, "I will bring you back first. And as I said, after the big war over there, they're going to be a whole lot easier to get along with, huh? But look here in Zechariah 10, starting the sixth verse. And I will strengthen the house of Judah, and I will save the house of Joseph. That's the Ephraimites, that's us. And I will bring them again to the place and to, and to place them, for I have mercy upon them, and they shall be as though I had not cast them off. What? He's going to forgive us our iniquities, bring us back to the land, and it's going to be as though he had never... He's going to rewind the clock, and it's going to be set just like it was in the Garden of Eden. I don't mean the time going. I'm just saying, as it was there when we read about it, how glorious it must have been. He said, you, Judah, you, Ephraim, are going to have exactly that. Folks, it's going to be, it is going to be a ride to get there, Okay. It's going to be years in preparation, but I'm here to tell you it is going to be something else for the people that walk upon the land of our forefathers and know that now it's finally ours, and, and, and bless God, that's all there is to it, all right? Now, and it will be as though they had not cast them off, for I am the Lord their God and will hear them. He's going to, he's going to hear us. And they of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man. That's us now. And their heart shall rejoice as through wine. Yea, their children shall see it and be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. Now, 
looks to me like uh, we must be going to have some nice wineries. Well, you know that was grape juice that Jesus turned the water into, right? Boy. Eighth verse, I will hiss for them and gather them, for I have redeemed them, and they shall increase as they have increased. I will sow them among the people, and they shall remember me in far countries, and they shall live with their children and turn again. And I will bring them again also out of the land of Egypt and gather them out of Assyria, and I will bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon, and place shall not be found for them. And it shall, pa- come to, it shall pass through the sea and with affliction and shall smite the waves in the sea and all the deeps of the river shall dry up and the pride of Assyria shall be brought down and the scepter of Egypt shall depart away. I will strengthen them in the Lord and they shall walk up and down in his name, saith the Lord. Looks to me like everything's been done, doesn't it? You know, when we get ready to have the quarterly here, we have to, we, uh, you know, we have to have, and people come in, and they have to prepare everything. That's the reason it looks so nice. And as I said, you need to, you need to thank those people that come and work so hard. That bless God that, that we can come here. Because everything's in its place, isn't it? You don't have to come in and do anything. You just come in, bless God, come in here and sit down, feed on the Word, go out there and feed on the food. Amen? The weekend's over. You go out. The place is a mess. Okay? But when you come back next quarterly, it'll all be spot clean. What's that about? That's the way the land's going to be. That's the way return to Israel's going to be. It's going to be already there. It's going to be already taken care of. And, and bless God, all we got to do is show up. Do you want to know something? The reason most people will mess this whole thing up is themselves, their religion, the familiar spirit that drives them, that they don't have any idea in this. But you know what did that? Let me tell you what did that. The Pentecostal, especially uh, the old line Pentecostal church, they were very strict about lots of things, okay? Some was right, some was wrong, but they were strict. Then along came... Uh, the Assemblies of God organization and other organizations, and they looked at that, that Pentecostal thing, and they go, man, alive. Let's start something to leave a lot of that out, okay? And so they did. And then all of a sudden, within that, of the, of that, that side of the Pentecostal movement, things got real loose, okay? They got real loose. People dressed, <clears throat> in some cases, uh, and the way they should never be dressed, mainly the sisters. So then the charismatic movement came along, which was of God, as was the Pentecostal movement of God. And bless God, then that's where things got so loose that they never got it tied back together. We found out that if we wanted a Cadillac, all we had to do is get up every day and say, I want a Cadillac, thank you. We found out, we found out we're supposed to call Jesus our big brother. Huh? Well, your big brother isn't God. He's not your big brother. He's God. But we got into all this stuff. And then the one that is causing all the trouble with this last day visitation right now is nobody lead me except the Holy Ghost. They don't need the church. They didn't need anything. They just out here doing it. That's when the familiar spirits came in. That's when that it convinced them 
that they were hearing from God, and now we have got a royal mess because God's visitation is now on this earth, and they're out here doing what? Nothing. And like I said, folks, when God takes us out of here, because this is the remnant of God, not the few of you here, but the millions across the face of this earth. But when God takes us out of America, America is going to be destroyed. Some of those that have come and, and come and, bless God, been subjected to this visitation, what are you going to think they're going to think in the last few seconds of their life? Huh? Boy, I wish, I'd have, I, wish I was there with them. But you see, we've got too many Lone Rangers, and this isn't a Lone Ranger thing. This is the body, the body of Christ, and this is our Father, Father God, that has taken us by the Holy Ghost, through the Holy Ghost, in a direction to take us back to the land of our forefathers, which is what? Prophesied, promised, and now we're reading about the fact that he is going to equip this, and he's going to equip this land, and bless God, this land is going to do what? <laughs> it's, going to, it's going to stand up, and I'm going to tell you something. It's going to be something to behold, and it will be something to behold because God is saying, you know, now is the time, now is the reason, and now uh, is the way this is going to be. Now, I want to go in Isaiah 54, and a lot of this, uh, bless God, and, and I used to pray, I used to pray, bless God, um, some of this every day, every day, and every day. Now, God knows exactly what he is doing, okay? He knows exactly what he's doing. I want to go over to the, to the 17th verse, the last, the last verse here that I have is uh, 5417. It says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now, who's he talking to? Well, if you read the rest of this chapter, he's talking to, to, to Ephraim. He's talking to the, to, to, to the house of Israel. And he's saying in all of what's going on here, he said, boys and girls, there is no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. Now listen, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. So every tongue that should rise up against us, okay, it's to be condemned. Every day I have to tear down the things that are being said, things that get put up on the, on, the, on the Internet. Why? Because it is a weapon trying to form itself against me when God said there is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. He didn't say there wouldn't be weapons formed, okay? He said it would not prosper. See, again, the charismatic movement was into this thing that, well, if you just learn enough of the Word, all your troubles are going to go away. That's not, what the, that's not what the Scriptures teach. What the Scriptures teach is that, bless God, if you will get the Word down in you when the problems, when your troubles come, bless God, you will know by the Word how to escape. Because he says what? He said, I'll put nothing on you that you can't handle and give you a way thereby to escape. So you see, uh, this, this thing, and, and you know all the time, we get phone calls and emails. People want me to feel sorry for them. Oh, oh, oh hell's broke loose. Oh, prophet, you're going to have to do something. Yeah, I'll pray for you. But you know something? You're going to have to do something, too. You know what it is? Grow up! That's what you're going to have to do. 
You know when Paul said what he said? That some of you are in need of milk. And see, and that's what I see everywhere I go. I see a bunch of bottle-sucking babies in diapers that smell bad, thinking that they're all growing up. Well, now God has told me. And you know, you see that, and, and see, and I can't, out from the spirit world, it's hard for me to, I, I, I said, well, why can't they see that? You know why they can't see that? They bought into a lie. They got convinced of familiar spirits that they're walking somewhere they're not walking. Justification is a means in which we do everything that we do. You will first justify, then you will go do it. People that shoot people, people that rob banks, people who do this, people, they first have to justify that it's okay to do that. The spirit world, through familiar spirits, brings that justification to you. So that you can, you, you can justify, thus saith the mouth of God. Well, 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 I, it came to pass. Yeah, one out of what? 20,000? What about all those ones that didn't come to pass? This isn't hit and miss. Prophets don't just hit and miss. Prophets have a line to the throne room and will tell you what thus saith the mouth of God, if they're real prophets. But then we have all the rest of this stuff going on. The blessed God, folks, is what's it doing? It is absolutely confusing the fact of the matter of what the Father is trying to get done. We've got people, like I said, I've got people write to me. Well, now, we're taking our little group, and we're going over to Israel, and anything we can do, we'll be there waiting on you, prophet. You and I told you, I write back and tell them. said, no, you won't be, you'll be dead when we get there. Because, you see, there's some things that I know that bless God, that, that, that they don't know. But instead, they have, they have been coerced by, by familiar spirits to think more of themselves than they are. Now listen to me. We are all servants. We are supposed to be all sheep, not goats or wolves. We are as filthy rags as ministry under the feet of the people. No superstars. No superstars. What kind of an ego does it take to say, God told me something? A big one. But you see, it's selfishness. And, and once that selfishness grows and you begin to buy into the lie yourself, how many people have I told you're not hearing from God? I told a guy one time that said and rattled my noggin for about 20 minutes and finally I just got tired of it and I said, You've never heard from God. He looked at me and he said, yeah. I said, I said, you have never heard the voice of God. You're hearing familiar spirits that will act like, sound like, and be like the Spirit of God. I've told people that are stupid enough to email me, thus saith the mouth of God, for the month of whatever. And in this month, this is going to happen. Well, like I said, I, I, I set that all aside. I save it. And then most of them, not all, but I, when I get the time, I email them back and say, hey, what are you going to do now? It didn't come to pass. What are you, what are you going to do now? You know what they do? Oh, they're going to try to put that under the rug and, and or play, uh, you know, uh, play the uh, spiritual card, you know. And they're going to say, 
we prayed, we held back the judgment of God. Hallelujah. I don't want to use the colloquial language that I can use, but baloney. Don't think that highly of yourself. When God is going to bring major judgment, that major, ju- major judgment is going to come. And occasionally, in the eons of time, he has changed his mind. But that's not what's consistent with God. Now, listen to me. You have to understand the consistency of this God. That's the reason all these people get all this stuff and God's doing this and God's... It's not consistent with the way God does things. Don't even look at it. Don't even, don't even think about it. It has to be consistent in the way in which God does things. Now, this movement that we call the House of Ephraim, this movement of God is of God because why? We're following after what is being said in the book. The time of visitation that there hasn't been since Christ himself was here on this earth has now come. God is visiting the people. Everybody is having an opportunity to say yay or nay. God's not going to put anybody in an arm lock and make them do what he wants them to do. He's seen who is going to be willing and who and obedient. And for those that are going to rebel and say the visitation isn't of God, I don't want to be next to you at the throne room when you're judged. Because right now, he is picking the first fruits. And folks, there's no way in this world, I'm not going to tell you every state in the union here is represented, most of them, that I could have done any way, shape, or form and ended up, bless God, with you being here. It was a spiritual thing that happened. It was a connection in the supernatural. Because when I blew the chauffeur that day and screamed, Ephraim, come home, you heard. You heard it. The biggest problem I've got is get you to shut up, sit down, and learn something. And understand your spirituality is not going to do dip in taking us home to Israel. And that's difficult. Why? Just what I've said previously. We got too many cheese and not enough Indians. Okay? Can I say that again? We've got too many chiefs and not enough Indians. And you have to understand, each person has a part to play. It's like I said, it's hard to tell them how many people one day you're going to have under you that's sitting in this room. If you'll grab on to the visitation, if you'll grab on to the vision, bless God, you can understand that. Is it going to be easy? Look at me. Uh-uh. Going to be pulling eye teeth. That's what it's going to be like. But let the weak say I'm strong. And let those that will stand, let them stand. And let those that won't get out of the way. Get them out of the way because you're not going to do God any good. You're not going to do this prophet any good down the line. If you can't handle it now, you won't handle it then. That's just through a lot of years of being a preacher. Okay? Now, if we could... Let's go, now I, I, I want to, uh, and this, this I, I put in there, uh, I, I want to, uh, I want, let, let's go to Ezekiel 37, and uh, I want to talk about the, the two sticks, we, we use this all the time, okay, about uh, Judah and about Ephraim, Ezekiel 37:15. Ezekiel 37:15. the word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, moreover, thou son of man, take the one stick and write upon it for Judah 
and for the children of Israel, his companions, and take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions, and join them one to, get, uh, to another into one stick, and they shall become one in thine hand. That's exactly what God's done right here. One of the brothers managed to do two of these. I have one of them at home. Stick of Ephraim, the stick of Judah, became one stick. We're about to come one. Folks, you know, the battle lines that get formed in all this only get formed because of the fact that, bless God, one Judah or Ephraim, Ephraim has tried to take care of Judah for, for many, many, many eons of time. We are the, the Joseph. We, as America, as Ephraim, we've given them armament, armament, money. We've done all kind of things for them. Now, I want you to stop and <clears throat> name uh, not more than one finger what Judah has done for us. You see, this, <clears throat> you want to talk about miracles. This is a miracle that we are going to become one. It says we'll go hand in hand up the holy hill to seek the, the God of our, far, our forefathers. We're going to become one. It says never again will we be divided. But like I said, you know, you, you can, you can a common sense takes you a long way in lots of this kind of a thing. The fact of it is now they want nothing, absolutely nothing, to do with us. In fact, <clears throat> they just want us to go away. Okay? So, common sense, not thus saith the mouth of God, something's going to have to happen. Something's going to have to take place that is going to be so devastating that Brother Judah, with tears running down his face, is saying, Brother Ephraim, you come home. We need you. That makes sense, doesn't it? Now, will it happen quite like that? I don't know. But the fact of one matter I do know it, we're going to do what? We are going to become one stick once again. And you know what? Never again, never again, bless God, will we in any way, shape, or form be drawn away from that. Now, in the book of Micah, the small book of Micah, if you'll <clears throat> jump over there, the fourth chapter, the fourth chapter, the book of Micah, the prophet Micah. I didn't say minor prophets, did I? They would greatly dispute you saying that. Uh, there's no doubt that these, these, these uh, in the latter part of the Tanakh, these prophets, they wrote many things. And folks, quite honestly, uh, <clears throat> their experiences wasn't deemed important enough to put in here. And I'm certain that they had all. They were prophets. These these guys weren't just somebody that jumped up and say, just in this next few verses. That's uh, what he had to say. But in Micah 4, in the first verse, it says, But in the last days it shall come to pass. Now, what are the last days that today where we're living? Now, can you imagine the generations that have passed by for that to mean something to? In the last days it shall come to pass that the mountain of the house of Israel shall be established in the top of the mountains, and it shall be exalted above the hills, and people shall flow into it. 
And many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord and to, and to the house of the God of Jacob. And he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk in his paths, for the law shall go forth of Zion and the word of the Lord for, from Jerusalem. Now, you notice there's that word that scares the church, law. The covenant shall go forth of Zion. Third verse, and he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. And you know, I have wondered, how come we never figured out that war was not the answer? But you know what that's all about? Partly prophesied by God, the reason. The other reason is the selfishness. We need that oil. Let's go to war. We'll just take that nation, and we'll take the oil from there. Let's go on. Now, fifth verse, for all people will walk everyone in the name of, uh, of his God. So see, there's, there's still going to be going on our God and their God, and we will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. In that day, saith the Lord, I will assemble her that haldeth, and I will gather her that, that is driven out, and her that I have afflicted. He said, I'm going to, all of them, I'm going to gather them. I will make her that halted a remnant, and her that was cast off a strong nation, and the Lord shall reign over them in Mount Zion from henceforth even forever. There's the word remnant again. As I said, the church believes they're the remnant. Well, that might be right if they all believed they were Ephraim. The Ephraimites are the remnant. That's who God's talking about. The Ephraimites are the ones that bless God, that God is going to bring forth. He's going to, and, and all this stuff that's getting ready to happen, that will happen, it happens to be that, bless God, that it is going to come around and about those of the house of Joseph, the Ephraimites. Now, in uh, Jeremiah 16, if you'll turn there, Jeremiah 16. Somebody say amen. You're getting off. It bothers me when you get too quiet. You know what I mean? You say, well, after the talk we got this morning, you'd be quiet too. Let me tell you something. If you're not corrected, you can't grow. When you come to the place of realizing not all of your poodoo is together, you'll make this thing work. Like I said, when you get to the point of understanding, I know more than you understand, we can go on. I know more than you know, we'll go on together. Until that time comes, you're wasting your time. I, you see, I'm not sure why people are hanging around like that. But God's got a wonderful culling system of dropping things into their bucket. He can purpose hearts to get rid of them. I pray all the time, God, those are, that are being a thorn in my side... I could put that in a colloquialism that would sound much more colorful. Get them out of my way. Purpose their hearts. Make them mad at me if that's what you want. But get them out of the way. Why? Because if you're not going to get in, you're going to get out. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, and if, I, if all you're doing is sitting there doing this, one week you're in, the next week you're out. This week you think you're hearing God say, 
Well, you better leave and go down the road. Well, what did you hear last week? Oh, I better be there. I better do this. Familiar spirits. You've got to understand something. Do you know what you're doing? And I'm not going to go into all this because if I do, I'll have to do a whole series on it real quick. Do you realize that when you say God told you, and I'm going to use this as an example, it can be many things, but if God, you knew that God told you that this is where you're supposed to be, and somehow, you know, that's how schizophrenic God is to some people. Next week he says, Behold, son, or behold, daughter, thou shalt leave. This man is a false prophet. Why would he not have told you that the week before? Okay? But once you accept, now listen to me, once that you accept truth, and out of your mouth and in your heart, and you know it, that is the road that you are to be going down. And if, in fact, you say, no, I, I'm going the other way, you know what you're doing? God, you're a liar. He told you to come. Then you got there and discovered you were to leave. Come on, folks, grow up. You have to understand the wiles of Satan. You've got to understand how Satan operates and how he works. You've got to understand the weaponry that he's got, you know, in his hands. And then it gets real close, folks. Well, let me say this first. If God wants you, again, I'm using this, it could be anything. If God has spoken to you and you knew that he told you to get into this, you make the decision by blaming it on God. And if you've been around and studied my stuff, that's dangerous too, right? And you decide to leave. You know how you can judge that? If your life turns to a funny-looking brown, hmm? You miss the whole thing. Now, here's the other thing. You border blaspheming the Holy Ghost and don't even know it. Oh, we're going to get to all that one day. It got quite thin, didn't it? See, this isn't just, oh, oh, Jesus just spoke to me. and Oh, I'm supposed to do this. and Oh, no, this week I'm going to do that. Do you realize how sick you are and don't even know it? This, the road is narrow. It's not wide. Few thereof will find it, not everybody. And yet you have become such a spiritual giant that you don't even need God anymore because you don't have him. You've got the familiar spirits hanging around. And too stupid to figure it all out. God help you. You hear what I'm saying? God help you. Because you're going to need a lot of help. You're going to need a whole lot of help. Let's, uh, let's go to, uh, oh, no, give you plenty of time. Jeremiah sixteen fourteen. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that it shall no more be said, The Lord liveth, and brought up the children of Israel out of the out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, but the Lord, I'm sorry, liveth that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of the north, and from all lands where he had been driven them, and I will bring them again unto the land that I gave unto their fathers. Now, you know, he's saying, uh, you know, it shall no more be said. That, that, that brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. Behold, the, the, the 16th verse, Behold, I will send for many fishers, saith the Lord, and they shall fish them. And after, I will send for many hunters, and they shall hunt them from every mountain and from every hill and out of the holes of the rocks. 
for mine eyes are upon all their ways. They are not hid from my face, neither their iniquity hid from mine eyes. And first I will recompense their iniquity and their sin double, because they have defiled my land, they have filled mine inheritances with the carcasses of their detestable and abominable things. O Lord, my strength and my fortress, my refuge in the day of affliction, the Gentiles shall come unto thee from the ends of the earth and shall say, Surely our fathers have inherited lies, vanity, and things wherein there is no profit. What's that all about? It's the church. What are they saying? The 21st. Shall a man make gods unto himself, and they are no gods? Therefore, behold, I will this once cause them to know, I will cause them to know mine hand and my might, and they shall know that my name is the Lord. Now, so he says, I'm going to send fishers, and they're going to fish them. I'm going to send hunters, and they're going to hunt them. That's what you are going to come, right, become. Right now, that's who I am. I am fishing for you all over North America. I'm hunting for you all over North America. As this organization keeps growing, as it is, and it will, then you will take the position of being fishers and hunters. Why? Because you're going to hunt for Ephraim. See, Ephraim, a lot of Ephraim doesn't even know. Some of you five years ago didn't even have the foggiest idea whether there even was any Ephraimites. Okay? But what happened? I hunted for you. I fished for you. I fasted. I prayed. I sought the face of God. I went into the cities and I ministered by the anointing of this living God. And here you are. What did I do? Nothing but that which the Lord God said to do. You hunt for them. You fish for them. And one day again, you will be mighty hunters. You'll be mighty fishermen for the Lord God. That's exciting. Because see, that, that, that is, that's hope. My goodness gracious, is it hope. It, it's hope like, uh, like bless God, uh, uh, no other. Uh, Hosea 3, Hosea the prophet, verse 4. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without a king, without a prince, without a sacrifice, without an image, and without an ephod, and without teraphim. Afterward shall the children of Israel return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. Afterwards, after those many days, in the latter times, he says they will return and seek the Lord their God and David their king and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. There's going to be a turnaround prophesied by this prophet that we would turn and, bless God, we would seek after the living God, that we would establish Bless God ourselves in and with God. Big time stuff. Zechariah 8. Zechariah 8. I love it. Zechariah 8. Zechariah 8, the seventh verse. The whole opportunity that's been presented to mankind right now is something else. Zechariah 8, start in verse 7. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in truth and in righteousness. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, 
Ye that hear in these days these words by the mouth of the prophets. Let your hands be strong. Now, and why? Because I'm going to tell you something. Family and friends are going to steal this thing from you if they can. Well, now, well, now, if, if this was right, your little fellowship would have more people in it. Now, come on. Now, look around. Look around. You, you're in a cult here. I'm going to tell you something. Where is the kingdom of God? It's in each of our hearts. That's where the kingdom is at. To be discerned only by you. You may be the only one in a family. I'm talking about brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles of 200 that is called to be leadership of this return to Israel. And those of you in this room, for the most part, know that. You know that you are called of God. You're anointed of God. You're sitting at the foot of this prophet or the feet of this prophet being taught. And you know that. And you will fulfill. You will fulfill. And you know, by the time that all this takes place, which, as I said, is going to take several years, then bless God, uh, by that time, those people that have mocked all this, these people that call this a, a cult, but again, as I told you, let me tell you something. There was a day when the Methodist Church was called an occult. There was a time the Wesley brothers were fighting a big-time spiritual battle with the people. Every movement of God, that's what they do. Why? Because if they don't understand it, that's the easiest thing to say about it. It's like I said, to be able to call this whatever they want to try to call it, they're going to have to find out from top to bottom what I'm teaching and preaching. You can't just, well, and I love the spiritual souls that, well, I discern this. Really? Really? See, those people I'd like to have standing before me so I could, <clears throat> I could discern myself. And then, then I often say, oh, is that the case? Then why are you doing this and this and this? And you think God's letting you discern that? Huh, don't work that way, folks. Come on. Come on. He works with holy vessels, vessels that bless God that are clean and not filthy. All right? And it is the Lord God. It is the Lord God that we serve anyway. Well, the battle lines are, are, are drawn, you know, and, and, and I told this uh, some four years ago or so, there, there, uh, that I, would, I have come to cause the greatest split in what we know as the church that, that's ever come. Hey, thank you so much, Prophet Deckard. Again, you can get a hold of us at the website, www.jewishprophet.com, and you can find out, again, all this material that you're hearing taught every day, every week. Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com. We'll be praying for your prayer request. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible. Thank you. 